we're going to get to Julian Assange, but I want to start with something that I think is kind of connected to what is going on with Julian, Julian Assange today. And if you notice, the headline of this video, I made it, this headline tells the whole story. So you might look at that and say, what the heck does that mean? Why did I do that? What is this stream really about? Why is there a picture for this stream just with a series of question marks? Why the mystery, you might ask? The reason I put this headline says the whole story as the headline for this stream was because in reality, if I put Julian Assange in the headline, this stream would immediately be suppressed by YouTube. And I should really say Google, because Google is who owns YouTube. Not only does my independent media channel, our independent media channel, get suppressed on a daily basis, uh, so do other independent journalists, uh, commentators, um, who, frankly, advertisers don't like our message, whether it be being anti-war, uh, holding corporations accountable, and things like that. But we're living in a time where you cannot actually put the news headline in the headline and get the news to the majority of the people you're trying to get that exposed to. So what I mean by that, the news is Julian Assange, but... I, as a journalist, know that if I put that in the headline on Google, YouTube, which is owned by Google, then this video is going to be suppressed, meaning less people will see it, less people who subscribe to this channel will see it, less people who do not subscribe to this channel will see it, it won't show up in your recommended, it won't show up in your subscriber feed, it won't show up, period. How do I know that? Because that is what YouTube, and again, Google owns YouTube, that is what they have decided to do as a company, basically over the last two, three years. That is what Google has decided to do in algorithmically suppressing certain outlets and certain uh, ideologies from showing up in search or burying it in search. How is this connected? I have to basically create gimmicks and, and I have to create headlines that aren't really what the video is about. This, this is going to be about Julian Assange, but what does it say about our free democracy, our, our, our republic, that you, the truth is suppressed to the point where you cannot depend, you cannot actually put the truth out there and expect the majority of people to have the ability to hear it on a very, very small scale. I'm not, I'm not comparing me putting in a gimmicky headline that has nothing to do with what I'm going to talk about to avoid the video being suppressed because we all know that if I would have put Julian Assange in the headline, if I put him in the thumbnail, it would be suppressed. The fact that I have to do that is a scary thing, but we've become numb to it. I've become numb to it. 
Oh, yeah, we're getting suppressed. But that's not a normal thing. That's, that's an abnormal thing. Yes, YouTube, owned by Google, is a private company. Google is a private company. They could do whatever they want. But we, they, do, they are corporations that reside in the United States of America. And as such, maybe they should comply with the First Amendment, which would be freedom of speech and freedom of the press. This is connected because on a much grander scale, Julian Assange has fought most of his adult life to get information out that by definition is not only suppressed, not only censored, but hidden. Let me tell you something. I, in the last, uh, I'd say three, four weeks, have been exposed to more information, documentaries, movies, articles, than I ever did uh, about the assassination of John F. Kennedy. And just mentioning that now might get this video suppressed. I knew, I always knew it, it wasn't one shooter, but I never really submerged myself into it. You know, I'm battling and fighting uh, every day to, you know, for the, for the little guy here. I can't be focusing on, you know, 50, 60 years ago. But what was said about John F. Kennedy's assassination, it was all, everything became classified for national security interests. I've seen that on Twitter all day. The people, you know, saying Julian Assange isn't a journalist. And, you know, Julian Assange uh, is, a, is a, you know, a, a criminal. Uh, a computer hacker. He's not a journalist. He stole classified information. And this is the, the mental sickness that many Americans have, some even who consider themselves progressive, that anything deemed classified or within the grounds of national intelligence, excuse me, national security, it is a crime to get that information. It is a crime to hack that information, leak that information, whatever. And now, apparently, publish that information. But within that fine line, within that term, security to who? Whose security would be at risk if all the information about JFK's assassination was released? Whose security was at risk when Chelsea Manning, at the time Private Bradley Manning, hacked into that, hacked into those, you know, State Department and Department of Defense files and databases and released hundreds of thousands of documents that revealed war crimes by the United States, killing innocent Iraqis, war crimes in Afghanistan, torture. Whose security was at risk? George W. Bush's, Dick Cheney, George Tennant, John Bolton, Rumsfeld, who is security? 
was the national security concern, why it's a grave, grave crime. Not only that Donald Trump's administration is now prosecuting, but that Barack Obama's administration was trying, they were trying to twist themselves into pretzels to find something that they could charge Julian Assange with. Why I'm saying this before I even get to everything and there's updates and all that, and we're going to get to that, but I wanted to start with this. What they're telling you, and what the corporate media, which I am just sickened watching MSNBC and NBC and and CNN and pundits on Twitter all day, people who think they're journalists, who just breathlessly, and excuse my French uh, to to my female... What viewers just suck the dick of the United States deep state of the United States intelligence apparatus. I'm not saying everything the government says is a lie. Of course, that would be crazy to say that. But what I am saying is there have been some of the most horrific scandals in the United States of America that were hidden for many years and are still hidden. And I'm talking about JFK's assassination, which if you do any homework at all, you will realize it was not a lone shooter. And that the 35th president of the United States was shot in the front. First in his throat, then up here in his brain, in his head, where his brains were shot out. It was not from one shooter up in the book depository. But I don't want to go on a tangent. The point is, all of that is hidden for national security. And like sitting ducks, the media and, you know, the politicians, when it benefits them, you know, when it benefits them, the Democrats love Julian Assange and love WikiLeaks. All these same Democrats who are saying, good, good, clap, clap, that Julian Assange is going to be extradited to the United States now. They didn't mind when he was releasing horrible, horrible war crimes that made the Bush administration look terrible. Donald Trump certainly didn't mind WikiLeaks releasing things. He said, ooh, WikiLeaks, I love WikiLeaks. Remember that at his rally? We're going to get to what is being alleged of Julian Assange. But I'm making a broader point that is beyond dangerous what they're doing to Julian Assange, for me and for you. But it also says so much about the groupthink that has steeped in that anything the government deems classified is for national security purposes. There is an overwhelming amount of documents and information deemed classified that's not for the national security interest, but it's to hide crimes. And Julian Assange, I've never talked to him, I've never met him. What's so brilliant about Julian Assange is he always knew that from a very young age. He knew that the official longing and these you know, things that, oh, these corporate journalists, NBC, just take as, you know, gospel. Oh, you know, national security. 
Oh, sources and methods. We can't, we can't release this. It will reveal sources and methods. Oh, you know, this could put some of our undercover agents, you know, at risk. Some of that is credible and true. A lot of it is not. Julian Assange is basically being prosecuted, and make no mistake, if he is extradited to the United States, killed, whether it's a life sentence in solitary confinement or of a death penalty. It's going to be one of those if he gets extradited here. I'm just keeping it real. That's what's going to happen. He's being killed not because he released information that was dangerous to release for the, for the safety of the United States, but because he released information that was, dangerous, uh, uh, that was dangerous to release for the imperialists, for the warmongers, for the oligarchs, and for the war criminals. That's the truth. Edward Snowden says the weakness of the U.S. charge against Assange is shocking. The allegation he t- tried and failed to help crack a password during their world-famous reporting has been public for nearly a decade. It is the count Obama. It is the count Obama's Department of Justice refused to charge, saying it endangered journalism. I'll have more on that in a bit. Former former Alaska senator and now presidential candidate uh, Mike Gravel, who, by the way, I reached out to his press people this afternoon to try and get an interview. So not sure <clears throat> if he has a big operation, but I, I reached out to the email for his campaign. Uh, he has said he's not trying to actually become president. He just wants to get on the debate stage. And frankly, in some ways, he's equal to, if not more, left than Bernie Sanders and Tulsi Gabbard. But he's also, I think, 88 or 89 years old. With the arrest and possible extradition of Julian Assange, the United States comes ever closer to an authoritarian police state. Assange must be pardoned immediately. Anything else is unacceptable. I agree with you, former Senator Gravel, but I also disagree with you. We're not getting ever closer to an authoritarian police state. We're already there. And I could tell you, because I was in North Dakota on and off for six months in 2016 and early 2017, we're already in an authoritarian police state. It's just hidden in plain sight with no media to expose it. That's what status quo exists to do. And I'm not going to use cheap gimmicks today. You know the drill. I want you, if you're watching, this is a day. If any is a day to consider supporting independent media, this is the day. Obama Department of Justice tried to concoct a theory to justify arresting Assange for more than merely publishing documents, such as claiming that he aided Manning in the theft of documents. They found no evidence for it. Trump DOJ will likely manufacture some falsehood to claim it's more than publishing. He followed up. If you're a U.S. media star who has spent two years claiming to be so concerned about press freedoms over Trump's mean tweets about your friends, but don't raise your voice in protest over this grave attack on press freedom, take a hard look in the mirror. Apparently, MSNBC's Chris Hayes missed that memo as he sat here and joked about the arrest of Julian Assange and subtly equated him with huckster and embezzler and fraud Michael Avenatti. 
Hold on, currently writing a one-act play set in a federal prison with Assange and Avenatti as cellmates. What's so unbelievably horrific about that tweet by Chris Hayes, who I could tell you because I've spoken with him off the record, I spoke with him off the record several times on the campaign trail in 2016. I saw him in Wisconsin and other places. I won't tell you what we talked about because as a journalist, if I agree to off the record, that's it. But he's a fraud, and I'll leave it at that. What you see on TV isn't what you see behind the scenes, but I guess that million dollar, couple million dollars or whatever fancy suit they give him, it's a powerful drug, eh? But what's so horrific about that tweet by Chris Hayes is, you know, MSNBC, it seems like 20 years ago, but MSNBC, you know, with Keith Olbermann in 2007 and 2008 and Rachel Maddow, like in the beginning, you know, when I was first paying attention to politics, I first started paying attention to politics really in 2003, 2004. I remember my freshman year in college was 2004 in Tampa, Florida. I, I, I kind of gazed at politics from time to time, but I wasn't obsessed with it. I wasn't, I never even voted before then. I was only 18 at the time. And, you know, I didn't know anything. I thought Democrats, great. You know, Republicans, bad. I was naive, like many of you first starting out. And I watched that debate between Kerry and George W. Bush. And something in me, maybe intuition, without knowing much about the Iraq war, looked at George Bush and said, he's trying to make this man, John Kerry, seem unpatriotic for wanting to get us out of a uh, uh, an incredibly fraudulent war. Even I knew it was a fraudulent war. I, in high school, I knew a guy who went to Iraq and died. So I started watching MSNBC. And I, Keith Oberman was like my drug. I, I, I went to the bar later in college. I stopped going to hang out with friends. Friends would tell me to meet up. And I was like, no, 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 I'll meet up later. Because every night, 8 o'clock, Keith Oberman. Because his righteous journalistic rage against the Bush administration was the rage I felt. That was on Chris Hayes' network. MSNBC, when? WikiLeaks released these war crimes that they got from Chelsea Manning. They were outraged with me. Did any of you watch MSNBC back in those days? Rachel Maddow loved WikiLeaks then. Keith Oberman, Chris Hayes, they all loved them. But suddenly, it's all just a joke. And, and Julian Assange is a Russian agent. Which gets to the bottom line, folks. Money has a strange way of changing people for the worse. Money has a strange way of changing once credible and courageous and righteously indignant, righteously indignant people like Chris Hayes. I don't know if he was so righteously indignant. He was always kind of a dork into now becoming an establishment, just public relations agent for the government. That's what that tweet is. Here's a statement from Chelsea Manning's lawyers, who, by the way, Chelsea Manning has been in solitary confinement 
because she had refused, refused to testify against Julian Assange and WikiLeaks. So now she's in solitary confinement for the second time in her life. Today, Chelsea Manning's legal team will file a reply brief in their appeal asking the Fourth Circuit to vacate District, Ju- District Court Judge Hilton's March 8th finding of civil contempt. Miss Manning, a staunch advocate for government transparency, asserted legal grounds for her refusal to participate in what she views as an assault on the free press. She remains in detention as a result of the contempt finding. The Assange indictment disclosed this morning strengthens their claims of grand jury abuse, says Manning's attorneys. Quote, the indictment against Julian Assange unsealed today was obtained a year to the day before Chelsea appeared before the grand jury and refused to give testimony. The the fact that this indictment has existed for over a year underscores what Chelsea's legal team and Chelsea herself have been saying since she was first accused, first issued a subpoena to appear in front of a federal grand jury in the Eastern District of Virginia, that compelling Chelsea to testify would have been duplicative of evidence already in the possession of the grand jury and was not needed in order for U.S. attorneys to obtain an indictment of Mr. Assange. Grand juries may not be used for the sole and dominant purpose of preparing for trial, including questioning potential trial witnesses. Since her testimony can no longer contribute to a grand jury investigation, Chelsea's ongoing detention can no longer be seriously alleged to constitute an attempt to coerce her testimony. As continued detention would be purely punitive, we demand Chelsea be released. Chelsea Manning, for the second time in solitary confinement, for the crime of exposing the truth. I want to remind you, and we're going back super, super far, nine years, to Glenn Greenwald's days at Salon.com. This is from 2010. Throughout this year, I've devoted substantial attention to WikiLeaks, particularly in the last four weeks, as calls for its destruction intensified. To understand why I've done so, and to see what motivates the increasing devotion of the U.S. government and those influenced by it destroying the organization, it's well worth reviewing exactly what WikiLeaks exposed to the world just in the last year. The breadth of the corruption, deceit, brutality, and criminality on the part of the world's most powerful factions. And again, this was written in 2010. As revealing as the disclosures themselves are, the reactions to them have been equally revealing. The vast bulk of the outrage has been devoted not to the crimes that have been exposed, but rather to those who expose them, WikiLeaks and allegedly Bradley Manning, who later transitioned to Chelsea Manning. A consensus quickly emerged in the political and media class that they are evil villains who must be severely punished, while those responsible for the acts they revealed are guilty of nothing. The reaction has not been weakened at all, even by the Pentagon's own admission that, in stark contrast to its own actions, there is no evidence, zero, that any of WikiLeaks' actions has caused even a single death. Meanwhile, the American establishment media, even in the face of all these revelations, continues to insist on the contradictory Orwellian platitudes that A, there's nothing new in anything disclosed by WikiLeaks, and B, WikiLeaks has done grave harm to American national security through its disclosures. That's what I was describing to you in the beginning of this stream. That just because something is deemed classified 
or of national security doesn't automatically mean it is a real national security threat. And in a, in a way, what is more of a threat? Releasing these war crimes that I'm about to remind you of? Or depriving people of knowing they're existing in the first place? How are you going to make sure that they don't continue to happen if nobody knows they're happening in the first place? That's the point of whistleblowing. That's the point of real journalism. It's unsurprising that political leaders would want to convince people that the true criminals are those who expose acts of high-level political corruption and criminality rather than those who perpetrate them. Every political leader would love for that self-serving piety to take hold. But what's starting is how many citizens and especially journalists now vehemently believe that as well. In light of what WikiLeaks has revealed to the world about numerous governments, just fathom the authoritarian mindset that would lead a citizen, and especially a journalist, to react with anger that these things have been revealed, to insist that these facts should have been kept concealed and it'd be better if we didn't know, and most of all to demand that those who made us aware of it all be punished, the true criminals, while those who did these things, the good authorities, good authorities shielded. And here he puts just a barrage of what Ricky, WikiLeaks released. WikiLeaks releases video depicting U.S. depicting U.S. forces killing of two Reuters journalists in Iraq. Ha ha! I hit him. Top secret video showing U.S. helicopter pilots gunning down twelve civilians in Baghdad attack leaked online. Iraq war log, secret order that let U.S. ignore abuse. Mistreatment of helpless prisoners by Iraqi security forces included beating, beatings, burning, electrocution, and rape. Iraq war logs reveal 15,000 previously unlisted civilian deaths. Clinton ordered American diplomats to spy on U.N. officials. Obama and GOPers worked together to kill Bush torture probe. How's that for hope and change? U.S. maneuvered to stop high court cases. American embassy issued threats over the cases of Guantanamo, Cuozo, Cuozo and CIA flights. Politicians and Spanish prosecutors collaborated on this strategy. U.S. pressured Germany not to prosecute, excuse me, U.S. pressured Germany not to prosecute CIA officers for torture and rendition. Cables show Germany caved to pressure from Washington. Yemeni president lied about U.S. strikes. Yemeni president Ali Abdullah Saleh admits lying to his own people by pretending that U.S. military strikes against al-Qaeda are carried out by Yemeni forces, according to a leaked U.S. document. Contrary to public statements, Obama administration fueled conflict in Yemen. The U.S. was shipping arms to Saudi Arabia for use in northern Yemen, even as it denied any role in the conflict. And the Yemen genocide goes on today. India tortured 
Kashmir prisoners. The International Committee of the Red Cross sent evidence to U.S. diplomats about widespread torture by Indian security forces in Kashmir, according to cables obtained by WikiLeaks. UK training Bangladesh death squad. British officials in Bangladesh have confirmed the WikiLeaks reports that the UK is a training is training a police force in the country accused of being a death squad. UK agreed to shield US interests in Iraq probe. WikiLeaks Pope refused cooperation refused to cooperate in sex abuse investigation. WikiLeaks open and shut the case of the Honduran coup. WikiLeaks, China behind Google hack. WikiLeaks cables, U.S. Special Forces working inside Pakistan. U.S. Embassy cables reveal elite American troops secretly embedded with Pakistan military to hunt down militants. WikiLeaks reveals the obvious dangers of Afghanistan. The tens of thousands of classified military documents posted on the Internet Sunday confirm what critics of the war in Afghanistan already knew or suspected. We are wading deeper into a long-running, morally ambiguous conflict that has virtually no chance of ending well. What's so amazing about that? That could literally be written today. Two years from now, we'll be in Afghanistan for 20 years. But no, we can't have Medicare for all. Afghanistan war logs, massive leak of secret files exposes truth of occupation. Hundreds of civilians killed by coalition troops. Covert unit hunts leaders for kill or capture. Sleep, steep rise in Taliban bomb attacks on NATO. A huge cache of secret U.S. military files today provides a devastating portrait of the, fall, the failing war in Afghanistan revealing how coalition forces have killed hundreds of civilians in unreported incidents. Taliban attacks have soared and NATO commanders fear neighboring Pakistan and Iran are fueling the insurgency. Those are just some of the truths that led WikiLeaks and whoever the leaker is to sacrifice their own interests in order to disclose these secrets to the world. Obviously, the leaker came to be Chelsea Manning. So I decided to not read you the indictment first because I think it's important to set the scene for A, how what Julian Assange has been fighting against for his whole adult life, the the deep state and the imperialist faction that is the United States, the United Corporations of America, as I call it, it's trickling down into even little smaller forms where Google and YouTube and Twitter and Facebook are all drowning out, drowning out different voices that aren't cushy for their corporate interests, aren't cushy for their friends in the government. When you have Facebook working with literally government agencies, when you have Facebook working with right-wing outlets like the Weekly Standard to fact-check, when you have YouTube basically demonetizing and taking away people's ability to earn a living based on if a video is slightly anti-war, slightly critical of corporate greed, slightly critical of police brutality, slightly critical of anything that rich people embrace. It's a shame 
and a slippery slope. Because first it's Julian Assange, but then it's going to go down to people under Julian Assange. I want to read you the indictment. It's not long and give you my overall thoughts. Chelsea Manning, formerly known as Bradley Manning, was an intelligence analyst in the United States Army who was deployed to forward operating base Hammer in Iraq. Manning held a top-secret security clearance and signed a classified information non-disclosure agreement acknowledging that the unauthorized disclosure or retention or negligent handling of classified information could cause irreparable injury to the United States or be used to the advantage of the foreign of a foreign nation. As I've already discussed, the only irreparable injury to the United States was exposing the crimes of the United States. Executive order number 13526 and its predecessor orders define the classification levels assigned to classified information. Under the executive order, information may be classified as secret if its unauthorized disclosure reasonably could be expected to cause serious damage to national security, again with the national security. Further, under the executive order, classified information can generally only be disclosed to those persons who have been granted an appropriate level of United States government security clearance and possess a need to know the classified information in connection to their official duties. Julian Paul Assange was the founder and leader of the WikiLeaks website. The WikiLeaks website publicly solicited submissions of classified, censored, and other restricted information. Assange, who did not possess a, sec a security clearance or need to know, was not authorized to receive classified information of the United States. Neither was the New York Times or the Washington Post when they released the Pentagon Papers and other classified information. The fact that that is an extradition indictment is baffling and scary because that goes to the very heart of protected 100% freedom of the press. The press has a right to publish information that is classified. Between in or around January 2010 and May 2010, Manning downloaded four nearly complete databases from departments and agencies in the United States. Those databases contained approximately 90,000 Afghanistan war-related significant activity reports, 400,000 Iraq war-related significant activity reports, 800 Guantanamo Bay detainee assessment briefs, and 250,000 U.S. Department of State cables. Many of these records were classified pursuant to executive order blah, 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 or its predecessor orders. Manning provided the records to agents of WikiLeaks so that WikiLeaks could publicly disclose them on its website. WikiLeaks publicly released the vast majority of the classified records on its website in 2010 and 2011. On or about March 8, 2010, Assange agreed to assist Manning in cracking a password stored on United States Department of Defense computers connected to the Secret Internet Protocol Network, a United States government network used for classified documents and communications as designated according to Executive Order Number 13526 or its predecessor orders. What's really telling here, if you have, if you have firm evidence that Assange agreed to assist Manning, presumably you would have it in their chat logs, which I believe the government has. I believe Barack Obama's Department of Justice had their chat logs. I believe Trump's administration has it. If you have them, 
Why is it on or about March 8th? Wouldn't you know the date that Assange allegedly agreed to assist Manning in cracking a password? Because, you know, usually, usually, if you have in writing somebody's conversations via text message, instant messenger, Facebook, you could scroll up and find the date. Pretty sure the United States Department, you know, Department of Homeland Security, the Pentagon, the CIA, the FBI, I think they could figure out what date this crack the password agreement happened. But it's on or about March 8th. It's interesting that it's written that way. Manning, who had access to the computers in connection with her duties as an intelligence analyst, was also facing was also using the computers to download classified records to transmit to WikiLeaks. Armed regulations prohibited Manning from attempting to bypass or circumvent security mechanisms on government-provided information systems and from sharing a personal from sharing personal accounts and authenticators such as passwords. The portion of the password Manning gave to Assange to crack was stored as a hash value in a computer file that was accessible only by users with administrative level privileges. Manning did not have administrative level privileges and used special software, namely a a Linux operating system, to access the computer file and obtain the portion of the password provided to Assange. Cracking the password would have allowed Manning to log onto the computers under a username that did not belong to her. Such a measure would have made it more difficult for investigators to identify Manning as the source of disclosures of classified information. Prior to the, fo- prior to the formation of the password cracking agreement, Manning had already provided WikiLeaks with hundreds of thousands of classified records that she downloaded from departments and agencies of the United States, including the Afghanistan war-related significant activity reports and Iraq war-related significant activity reports. I think this is a very, very important part. Let me read that one more time. Prior to the formation of the password cracking agreement, Manning had already provided WikiLeaks with hundreds of thousands of classified records that she downloaded from departments and agencies of the United States, including the Afghanistan war-related significant activity reports and Iraq war-related significant activity reports. Why this is important, this isn't Julian Assange working from the onset, working from the onset, from, you know, the front of the race with Chelsea Manning to hack government systems and get that information out. If that were the case, I would agree, Julian Assange was not operating as a journalist. He was part of the hacking. And whether the hacking is a righteous thing, whether the hacking is a noble thing, whether it is morally right, it's a crime, it is, but whistleblowers go into doing these things assessing that risk and coming to terms with the fact that they might face criminal penalties. But in the, in the indictment, they're basically saying, oh, well, like, majority, the, he had, Chelsea Manning had already released uh, hundreds of thousands of documents to Assange at the Times. So I, I don't know if they realize, but they kind of are working against themselves. Because this shows that Julian Assange was not a, co- a conspirator or a collaborator or, or working with Chelsea Manning uh, pretty much from you know step one, but she had already given him 
a lot of information. Cracking the password would have allowed Manning to log onto the computers under a username that did not belong to her. Such a measure would have made it more difficult for investigators to identify Manning as the source of disclosures of classified information. Prior to the formation of the password cracking agreement, Manning had already provided WikiLeaks with hundreds of thousands of classified records that she downloaded from departments and agencies of the United States, including the Afghanistan war-related significant activity reports and Iraq war-related significant activity reports. I think I just read that to you twice. Sorry. At the time he entered into the agreement, Assange knew that Manning was providing WikiLeaks with classified records containing national defense information of the United States. Assange was knowingly receiving such classified records for Manning for the purpose of publicly disclosing them on the WikiLeaks website. Several different things there. Number one, again, this was not national defense documents. This was national crimes and global crimes that the United States perpetrated that Julian Assange received from Chelsea Manning. So they could dress it up as they dress up JFK and hiding those documents from his assassination, which was the CIA uh, that was behind it. But it isn't national defense. It's hiding your crimes. Plain and simple. Secondly, the way I read this, and others that I very admire their brains, like Aaron Maté and others, uh, the way I read this is they're basically saying that Assange, quote, tried to help Chelsea Manning um, in a crack a password in in an attempt to protect her identity he wasn't again it's allegedly because i don't know what evidence they have that julian assange entered an agreement with chelsea manning to crack a password they could say it in indictment i'd like the evidence but what's really interesting here is they're basically saying that julian assange was working alongside or conspiring with Chelsea Manning to crack a password, not to gain more information, not to get access to more documents, not to, you know, hack another agency's database, but to disguise her identity. It is the number one responsibility of a journalist, other than making sure your information is true, to make sure you don't reveal your source. As a journalist, you are taught, or you should just know instinctually, that I'd sooner go to jail than reveal a source. So in this alleged computer hacking you know, password agreement, if Assange was helping her try to guess a password, it was in efforts to help protect his source, not to hack and get information himself. This Indictment does not say that Julian Assange ever tried to gain a password or help Manning guess a password for the goal of trying to gain information, hack new information, get to files. It was to disguise his source's identity. For example, on March 7, 2010, Manning and Assange discussed the value of the Guantanamo Bay detainee assessment briefs, and on March 8, 2010, before entering the password-cracking agreement, they keep saying that, but I'd like the evidence. Manning told Assange that she was, quote, throwing every she, everything she had on JTF uh, Gitmo at Assange now, 
Manning also said, after this upload, that's all I really have got left. To which Assange replied, quote, curious eyes never run dry in my experience. Following this, between March 28, 2010 and April 9, 2010, Manning used a United States Department of Defense computer to download the U.S. Department of State cables that WikiLeaks later released publicly. So right here, they are essentially trying to criminalize a journalist urging his source to get more. Any good journalist, whether it's classified information or not non-classified information, you run into sources who are scared. You run into sources who, you know, for whatever reason, they work three jobs or they're sick or they're scared of the consequences or whatever. Say like, you know, this is all I could do. You know, I, I can't do any more. And you as a journalist... Sometimes, because a good journalist kind of gets obsessed on a certain story and getting more of the information out, um, sometimes you push them. Sometimes you push them too little. Sometimes you push them too much. But that's called a journalist pushing a source. Sometimes it's the other way around, and the source pushes the journalist to, to do more or, or, you know, to go back to his editor and, and you know, convince the editor to run with X, Y, and Z. It's a two-way relationship. I've had uh, sources of mine very unhappy with the final story that I published because they thought it was soft or whatever. And I had to say, this is all I could get printed. I, my editor took X, Y, and Z out. And they were pissed off and pushed me on the next story to do more. I've had sources personally ask me to help them with everything from, you know, getting the word out to helping them with their electric bill. But this indictment basically is caught drawing a cause and effect. Julian Assange says to Chelsea Manning, curious eyes never run dry in my experience, basically trying to say to her, you know, keep going, keep going, keep digging. And that led her to use the United States Department of Defense computer to download the U.S. Department of State's cables that WikiLeaks later released publicly. This is a brazen attempt to criminalize normal journalistic procedure. And let's call it what it is. This is Mike Pompeo, who is CIA director, now he's Secretary of State, put as one of his number one priorities to extradite Julian Assange to the United States. This was Jeff Klansman Sessions, who was obsessed with getting Assange. Now he's gone. This is current Attorney General William Barr. And this is Trump, who, frankly, doesn't really care. He says, oh, you know, the warmongers want him? Okay, take him. I have no use for him anymore. He loved him during the campaign, but uh, now, I don't know. Trump said today, oh, I don't know anything about WikiLeaks. Literally said, oh, I don't know anything about WikiLeaks. This is right-wing authoritarian fascists trying to criminalize a journalist. The general allegations set forth in paragraph 1 through 13 are re-alleged and incorporated into this count as though fully set forth herein. I'm going to skip over 15. 
Actually, I'll read it. Beginning on or about March 2nd, 2010, and continuing thereafter until on or about March 10th, 2010, the exact date being unknown to the grand jury, both dates being approximate and inconclusive and inclusive in an offenses, an offense begun and committed outside of the jurisdiction jurisdiction of any particular state or district of the United States, the defendant Julian Paul Assange, who will be first brought to the Eastern District of Virginia, did knowingly and intentionally combine, conspire, confederate, confederate, oh my God, and agree with other co-conspirators known and unknown to the grand jury to commit an offense against the United States, to wit, to knowingly access a computer without authority, authorization and exceeding authorization access to obtain information that has been determined by the United States government pursuant to an executive order and statute to require protection against unauthorized disclosures. So right there, they're literally putting in plain English that journalists are are committing a crime to obtain information that has been determined by the, determined by the United States government as pr pr an unauthorized disclosure. And the key word that they're trying to use there is obtain. Julian Assange did not obtain this information. Julian Assange received this information. Those are two different things. Just like Glenn Greenwald received the information from Edward Snowden, Julian Assange did not hack any computers or databases to then release information. If he did, we'd be having a different discussion. If he allegedly, and allegedly, because I don't see any proof in this indictment, and call me old-fashioned, but I demand proof from the government when they are making an indictment that literally dismantles the First Amendment. Call me extreme for wanting incontrovertible evidence, which is the same thing I said, give me the evidence that Russia hacked the DNC and Podesta, but I'm a Russian agent. Give me the evidence that there was collusion between Trump and the Russia campaign. But I'm a Russian agent. No. Everybody's saying that about me, Jimmy Dore, Aaron Maté, Glenn Greenwald, Lee Camp, uh, Matt Taibbi, Michael Tracy, Jamal Thomas, uh, Abby Martin, Rania Kalek, Jen, everybody. You are propagandists and, and public relations officers putting on makeup and going on cable TV. That's all you are. The primary purpose of the conspiracy was to facilitate Manning's acquisition and transmission of classified information related to the national defense of the United States so that WikiLeaks could publicly disseminate the information on its website. Assange and his co-conspirators used the following ways, manners, and means, among others, to carry out this purpose. It was part of the conspiracy that Assange and Manning used the Jabber online chat service to collaborate on the acquisition and dissemination of the classified rec records and to enter into the agreement to crack the password stored on the United States Department of Defense computers connected to the secret internet protocol network. I keep hearing about this agreement, but I don't see any evidence of an agreement. And if there was some type of communication with them, you think that the Trump administration might be taking that those words and that conversation out of context to extradite Julian Assange? Is that possible? It was part of the conspiracy that Assange and Manning took measures to conceal Manning as the source of the disclosure of classified records to WikiLeaks, including by removing usernames from the disclosed information and deleting chat logs between Assange and Manning. Yes, a conspiracy to protect his source, also known as journalism.
It was part of the conspiracy that Assange encouraged Manning to provide information and records from departments and agencies of the United States. Encouraging a source to dig further is a crime now in America. It's part of the conspiracy that Assange and Manning used a special folder on a cloud dropbox of WikiLeaks to transmit classified records containing information related to the national defense of the United States. Okay, so having a dropbox now, that's a crime. In order to further the goals and purposes of the conspiracy, Assange and his co-conspirators committed overt facts in excuse me, committed overt acts, including but not limited to the following. On or about March 2nd, again, we don't know what day, <laughs> Manning copied a Linux operating system to a CD to allow Manning to access a United States Department of Defense computer file that was accessible only to users with administrative level privileges. On or about March 8th, 2010, Manning provided Assange with part of a password stored on United States Department of Defense computers connected to the secret internet protocol network. On or about March 10th, 2010, Assange requested more information from Manning related to the password. Assange indicated that he had been trying to crack the password by stating that he had, quote, no luck so far. You want to know how I know they're taking this out of context? You want to know how it's clear that they don't have any real evidence? And probably why the Obama Department of Justice that had this same information, had the same chat logs, but could not find evidence to prosecute and extradite and win against Julian Assange? Because they're taking whole sentences and only plucking four words. No luck so far. Well, if Julian Assange literally, literally was saying, I've had no luck so far trying to hack the computer, trying to hack the password, why wouldn't you say the whole sentence? Why wouldn't, if you had these chat logs that were so damning, were so incriminating, that showed Julian Assange was actively working to hack a password, to help Chelsea Manning, why can't we see the chat logs in the indictment? I know not all, a lot of times uh, indictments don't provide all evidence, but maybe just a little. I want to read you some of this Shadowproof article because I think it Shadowproof's a good website. You should check it out. Uh, I think it points to some of the things I'm saying. The, ju- the Justice Department's grand jury investigation into WikiLeaks charged Assange with, quote, conspiracy to commit computer intrusion. It falls under the Computer Fraud and Abuse Act and a general part of the criminal code, criminal code that can be used against individuals who conspired to defraud the U.S. While on the surface, it appears the Justice Department attempted to circumvent many of the First Amendment issues, which discouraged President Barack Obama's administration from moving forward with an indictment of Assange. The language in the indictment, dated March 6, 2018, is very similar to what prosecutors typically include in indictments against individuals charged with violating the Espionage Act. The indictment criminalizes Assange as an aider and a better of espionage for publishing unauthorized disclosures of classified information on the WikiLeaks website. The WikiLeaks, quote, the WikiLeaks website publicly solicited submissions of classified, censored, and other restricted information, the indictment states. Assange, who did not possess a security clan, security clearance or need to know was not authorized to receive classified information of the United States. Reporters or editors for media organizations publish stories based upon leaks of classified information all the time and typically do not have security clearances. If a precedent were set where journalists 
had to possess a security clearance, it would create a threat for any reporter relying upon such information to expose abuses of power or corruption committed by the U.S. government, including but not limited to security agencies. More significantly, Assange holds citizenship in Australia and was also granted citizenship by Ecuador a little over a year ago. Invoking secrecy regulations in the U.S. as part of an indictment against someone who is not an American citizen carries implications for world press freedom. When referring to an alleged, quote, password cracking agreement between Assange and Manning, the indictment contends, quote, Assange knew that Manning was providing WikiLeaks with classified records containing national defense information to the United States. Assange was knowingly receiving such classified records from Manning for the purpose of disclosing them on the WikiLeaks website. Here is the part of the Espionage Act that Manning was charged with violating. I'm not going to read that. Part of the alleged computer crime contains language alleging Assange violated the CFAA. Yet the Justice Department mostly shoehorns language from the Espionage Act into the alleged computer violation. Quote, A, to knowingly access a computer without authorization and exceeding authorized access to obtain information that has been determined by the United States government pursuant to an executive order and statute to require protection against the unauthorized disclosure for reasons of national defense and foreign relations, namely documents relating to the national defense classified up to secret level, with reason to believe that such information so obtained could be used to the injury of the U.S. and the advantage of any foreign nation. To the Justice Department, part of the conspiracy involves publishing information that could, quote, damage the United States. They believe when Assange received the information, he should have destroyed the documents or tried to, quote, return them to the U.S. government. It is but another alarming aspect of this indictment. Quote, it was part of the conspiracy that Assange encouraged Manning to provide information and records from departments and agencies of the U.S., according to the indictment. It was part of the conspiracy that Assange and Manning used a special folder on a cloud drop box of WikiLeaks to transmit classified records. In this section, prosecutors further allege Assange aided and abetted espionage as a co-conspirator by specifically criminalizing the act of using a Dropbox. Several journalists and media organizations use Dropboxes to accept documents from sources. One well-known setup is called SecureDrop. It would appear that Justice Department would like to establish a precedent that discourages media organizations from using this pub practice when engaging in journalism. The second part of the alleged computer crime explicitly notes the indictment is pulling from two sections of the Espionage Act, even though Assange was not charged with violating the Espionage Act. Additionally, there is the timeline of events that appears in the indictment. On March 8, 2010, prosecutors allege Assange agreed to assist in cracking a password so she could, so she could anonymously access Defense Department computers, computer connected to the secret internet protocol network that held the documents. Manning had a security clearance because she was an all-source military intelligence analyst in Baghdad. She didn't need Assange to help her obtain access. What the prosecutors are claiming is her interest in shielding her identity and the fact that Assange allegedly was willing to help her protect her identity opened him up to a charge of conspiracy. The indictment highlights chats that allegedly occurred between Assange and Manning over the Jabber online chat service. What the indictment does not state is that the account Manning cars, uh, corresponded with was Nathaniel Frank. The U.S. government believes Assange, Assange used this account, but they will have to prove it in order to mount a successful prosecution. During Manning's Article 32 hearing in December 2011, before her case proceeded to a court-martial, 
Military prosecutors prevented evidence, they said, would show Assange attempted to devise, to devise a way to browse SIPRnet anonymously. Journalist Alexa O'Brien transcribed much of the proceeding. From her unofficial transcript, this is when a military prosecutor described the alleged password-cracking agreement. On the screen, Your Honor, is an excerpt of a chat log. Again, these are chat logs recovered from PFC Manning's personal computer, and the evidence will show private uh, PFC Manning asked, any good at LM hash cracking? LM, the evidence will show, stands for land management. Pre-association responds, quote, we have rainbow tables for LM. Your Honor, the evidence will show that an LM hash is essentially the way that a Windows computer stores passwords on that computer. Manning attorneys released the following statement on Assange's indictment. I read that to you already. All of this supposed evidence was available to President Barack Obama's Justice Department. It begs the question, why didn't the Obama Justice Department indict Assange? The answer may involve the fact that the government still does not have enough evidence beyond a chat log to substantiate the existence of an agreement to crack a password. After all, Manning is in jail because she refused to testify before the grand jury and was held in civil contempt. Prosecutors may feel they need her testimony on the, quote, password-cracking agreement. Or it may be that the Obama Justice Department thought even this charge would raise issues of press freedom that were intertwined with protections, which individuals are supposed to enjoy under the First Amendment. It still targets aspects of the news-gathering process itself, despite the fact that the Justice Department can claim they are specifically going after a supposed agreement to crack a password. If evidence came out that Julian Assange assisted or directly hacked government databases himself, I would say that is not protected First Amendment rights. That is not acting as a journalist. That is acting as a criminal. It is a crime to hack a government database, even for noble reasons, even for the right reasons. There is no evidence he did that. And there is allegations that he entered in an agreement to try and help Chelsea Manning figure out a password. Not a password to obtain new documents, but a password to disguise her identity. Well, I got news for you. I'm a journalist, and I have bent over backwards to protect sources, particularly related to the Flint water crisis, when I am investigating things. I have protected sources who gave me gold, but didn't want to be identified. And in some cases, I did have to blur ethical lines to protect them. I didn't commit a crime doing so, but sometimes you got to straddle the line to get to the greater good. And I have no shame or regrets in saying that. And if you told me tomorrow that I had a source that could get Governor Rick Snyder, of former Governor Rick Snyder of Michigan's emails that showed his intent, and he knew about the Flint water crisis way before he said he did, that he didn't do anything about the lead in the water when he knew about it and let those people, that ch- those children, drink poisoned water for a year, actually 18 months, when he knew. If I knew that those emails existed and there was a source who could get those emails, would I personally jump a- and hack those emails? No, I wouldn't. But if they said to me, oh, I'm, I'm having trouble accessing that and, and asked me for ideas, would I not uh, give them ideas how to do it? Yeah, I would. No shame in saying that. 
I don't think that's criminal either. There's a difference between doing it yourself and working with a source, brainstorming, whatever, to get information. And if that information could help bring accountability for for 100,000 people who drank poison and are forever damaged, you're damn right I would do it. And in this case, if Julian Assange had an agreement to help Chelsea Manning come up with a password to reveal war crimes, hundreds of thousands of Iraqis have died. Thousands of American soldiers. The thousands after have killed themselves because of PTSD. ISIS was created. Global instability. Six to seven trillion dollars we've spent. Half the country is poor because we've been going on these parades and these adventures all over the world. Because, oh my God, it's, 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 you shouldn't do that. If it's, you shouldn't reveal all that if it means you have to help somebody crack a password. Are you kidding me? But I want to end with this. And I'm sorry if I wasn't as jovial and, you know, goofy as I normally am today. There's something deeper beyond Julian Assange about his arrest. And make no mistake, I believe he will be extradited to the United States. If he is extradited to the United States, the trial will be a show trial and he will get a death sentence. Whether it's life in prison with 23 hours a day solitary confinement, life in prison without parole with 23 hours a day solitary confinement, or the death penalty. My guess it was it would be solitary confinement for the rest of his life for committing journalism. But I think that what's going on here is a very slippery slope because today it's the criminal, criminalization of working with a private army s- sergeant or, or entering an agreement or publishing classified information. That's what it is today. But what if in a year from now it's journalists like me covering a protest in St. Louis. Remember Ty and I covered a protest in St. Louis when we were at the Young Turks? We weren't marching as protesters. I had my microphone, he had his camera, and we were following the protests. But what if the fact that we showed up to a parking lot before the protest, because the protesters told us to be at at a parking lot where the protest started, what if that suddenly becomes coordinating with the protesters? The protesters shut down a whole highway in St. Louis. The police were very unhappy about that because that was, for whatever reason, the main battleground. We, we can't let them take the highway. That was what the police were really, really most worried about because there were protests for 30 days straight after another white cop got off killing an unarmed black man. A black man who, by the way, the cop during the chase said on the, vo- on the audio, I'm going to kill that motherfucker. You watch. And then he killed him. He got off. What if it suddenly becomes, oh, well, that's not journalism. You, you know, you were communicating with the activists. You showed up where they told you to. You talked to the activists before they started marching. What if that suddenly becomes a crime? Because 
because I know that most of my journalism and most of Jen's journalism and most of Ty's journalism, I don't go to experts first. I don't go to think tanks first to get my information. I go to activists. I go to residents. I go to the people. That's what status quo is about. Hand the microphone. Give the microphone back to the people. But what if suddenly, what if suddenly, you know, you're at Standing Rock, right? Which I was seven times, by the way. And what if suddenly, you know, you're getting tipped off by activists because those are your sources and you show up overnight, which I did. I showed up overnight. There was no other reporters there. Me and my cameraman at the time, I don't remember who it was actually, showed up and they were building a bridge. They were building a bridge uh, to get back to the small mountain that their ancestors were buried that had been blocked off by the Dakota Access Pipeline to them. But what if the fact that I was tipped off and I was there and when the cameras, when the cameras went off, I sat with the protesters and I sat with the activists who were building this bridge around a circle and I spoke with them. And I commiserated with them. What if, under the new laws, what they were deemed to be doing, because there's new laws now, basically criminalizing protesting pipelines? What if now the criminalization of those protesters calling them eco-terrorists who are blocking critical infrastructure for the United States, which becomes a felony, by the way, what if the journalist who was there and got tipped off about it because they trusted me, because I gained their trust, is kind of what you have to do as a journalist to get information and to get tipped off. What if the fact that I was do there covering their felony, their eco-terrorism, and I, I, you know, could be deemed that I helped coordinate with them? What if that becomes a crime? I'm not saying this arrogantly. I'm, I'm keeping it real. There are very few status coups out there. There are very few independent outlets out there that actually go out there and cover the people and show the real news, not the news that, you know, is sensational or sexy or this or that. What's really going on, because the controlled demolition of the United States middle class, the controlled demolition and extermination of black people, of brown people, of indigenous people. There are very few of us. When I say us, I mean status quo. And how do I know? Because when we go out there, there's very few reporters ever there. I can't tell you how many press conferences I've been at by myself. I can't tell you how many times I've been by myself covering a, you know, something like that, a, a bridge being rebuilt in Standing Rock at four in the morning. That's why I have the bags under my eyes that I have. That's why I need another back surgery. I'm going on my second because I, I lived this and I breathed this. And eventually it might kill me a little earlier, but I'd rather live the right way with some passion than suck up and, and bow down to corrupt warmongers, both globally and here at home. Because it's not just war that we're committing globally. There's beginning to be a war perpetrated against us, you and me. War isn't always, you know, guns ablazing or bombs. War is making people's daily life threatening, criminalizing protected First Amendment rights. And what I just described, those scenarios are not so far away. And I got news for you folks, the, the rest of the world and the Hillbots 
and the resistance can make it seem like, oh, all these threats suddenly happened under Donald Trump. Have they become worse under Donald Trump? Absolutely. Is the Trump administration and his Department of Justice threatening, uh, you know, journalists? Absolutely. Are they threatening black people? Absolutely. LGBT, LGBTQ people? Absolutely. But a lot of this began starting in the 1990s with Bill Clinton, extending to George W. Bush, escalating with hope and change, President Obama, and now with Donald Trump. These are the stakes. So today, it's Julian Assange in criminalizing publishing classified information. Next year, it might not be just classified information. 